0: This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Tyler Hawes and Jerem
1: Jordan. Yo yo, BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play, in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans Where everywhere. It is Friday, February 26th. Let's go. I'm Jerem Jordan. Great to have you with us. I'm teamed up with a guy who is pumped for the St. Mary's game tomorrow. His name is Tyler Haas. Welcome back, man. Thanks. Good to be back. Round
2: two. Round two. For
1: Wednesday me. and now Friday. Let's go. Okay. So, um, one, one thing that happened during your career that I still you know feel bad a little bit about is you make this would-be game winner and then the Dell of a dagger, right? But fun fact, we took a note from Back to the Future and Avengers Endgame. We actually went back in time. We actually changed what happened. Take a look. Haas. Guarded by Holt. Tyler Haas.
0: on the clock. Della Vadova
1: for the win. Misses it. It is. Izzy
2: over. And here come the fans.
3: They are storming the floor at the Marriott Center.
1: And BYU beats St. Mary's. Yeah, we did it. We did it. The a dagger never happened.
2: Do you remember the court storm? I that was crazy. That, yeah, lifting me up on their shoulders. It was insane, right? Around. Crazy. Oh, my gosh. Nah, yeah. Hey, I need that clip. Please <laughs> send that clip to me. We all need it's, that clip, that man. That is such a sore memory. So,
1: a couple years ago, we got this deli gnome from the BYU-St. Mary's game. Honestly, I don't know why we have this on the set. I want to break it. <laughs> like, like, BYU's playing St. Mary's tomorrow. I just want to throw this on the ground. I, I'm not going to do that. Um well, maybe I will. I don't, I don't know. But we'll, we'll just put this over here out of the way where no really one can no. see it.
2: Yeah. yeah, hide that thing.
1: Yeah. Um, we, will, we will talk about the St. Mary's game tomorrow. Of course, we'll have Alex Jensen on the program, Frenemy. Uh, that's not the uh, you know Utah Jazz assistant coach who played for Utah. But big game tomorrow. Big game last night. Alex Barcella. Oh, my goodness. We'll break it down in a minute. Uh, we'll talk to Matt Harms as well. Is us ready for the NCAA tournament. We'll discuss. talk game more on 11-on-11 11 11 live action in spring ball. We don't see that a ton. But when you have a quarterback battle, Tyler, that's something is going to do more. Important. And the NCA record BYU volleyball in Grand Canyon set last night. And the fact that BYU lost. I don't want to talk about it, but we will. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Here we go. Alex Barcelo scored a career-high 29 points as he led BYU to a 79-73 win over San Francisco in the Marriott Center. Barcelo sets a BYU record with most threes made without a miss on this shot. Rocking the dribble is
3: Marcello at the timeline, down to 102, 101, 5 second shot clock. Harding corrals the pass from AB, drives to the elbow, out to AB, 3, YES! yes!
1: Second for 7 from the 3 point line, no one has ever done that in BYU basketball history.
2: That's insane, right? Just mind. Oh my gosh, That's crazy locked in. The Cougars host St. Mary's in their final regular season game tomorrow night. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app.
1: Big game. Always with St. Mary's. Not the same kind of year for the Gales uh, this year, but still, big game. Spring practice begins Monday. Head coach Klein Stacke told the media he expects more 11-on-11 11 11 this spring in an effort to help identify who the starting quarterback will be.
0: I don't know how you choose a quarterback if you don't put him in a position where you're where it's 11-on-11. 11 11. We're not going to just choose a guy that can just throw the ball. You're looking at all the, the, the little things that you don't gauge it on and I'm not going to be out there looking at one-on-one completion percentage and things like that. I, you have to look at the way they lead the team, the way they, 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 they um, are able to move the football up and down the field.
1: We'll have full coverage of spring ball here on BYU Sports Nation as well on our uh, social media
2: channels. Cannot wait. I like to joke that spring football is the second most popular sport of BYU. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. Everyone loves basketball. Cool. BYU men's volleyball fell to number eight Grand Canyon yesterday. Three uh, sets to zero. Sorry, I interrupted that. It uh, was yeah, That one hurts. The second set ended 45-43, which sets a record for the longest set in NCAA history. It's crazy. Yeah, wild. BYU will look to bounce back tomorrow as the same two teams play at two Eastern.
1: Listen, BYU is still good. I dare say great. But vulnerable.
2: Puyo's oh, now lost oh, twice,
1: didn't lose twice all last they've year. They've had
2: some close matches. Right. right? Uh,
1: it's been tight, and the good news is it's February, not May. or April. Right, so let's go. Women's Hoops erased an 18-point third-quarter deficit to beat Santa Clara 66-63. Woo! Shaley Gonzalez led the way with 20. Paisley Harding had 12 points, career-high 10 helpers. Puyo plays at San Fran tomorrow to close out the regular season. The ladies still firmly in the bracket, we think.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think they're, they're locked in. A huge win. Um... Two, two live sports broadcasts this weekend on BYU TV. First, eighth-ranked eighth gymnastics team hosts number 21 Utah State tonight. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Tomorrow, 21st-ranked women's soccer opens up WCC play against San Francisco. You can watch that match beginning at 7 Eastern on BYU TV.
1: Well, let's go, man. Let's go. BYU baseball lost to number 19 Texas 12-6 yesterday. No helps from Steve Sarkisian. Game two of the four-game series. The highlights for the Cougs uh, included Jacob Wilk going yard for a three-run bomb. Game three tonight, 7.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. Jason Shepard continues on the call. All rise and shout.
0: It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: All right, BYU beat San Francisco 79-73 last night. Notable win because I got an email from Team Ranking saying, Hey, 100% chance BYU makes a turn. I'm like, Really? 100? That's great. Hard to uh, disagree with that at this point. BYU has now avoided a Quad 3 regular season loss at Pepperdine's Quad 2. The resume looking good. BYU did it. The Cougars are going dancing, Tyler, which is exciting. Now it's just what seed BYU will have. And considering that BYU graduated seven seniors, three of which were the top 50 players, 65 in BYU history, with your brother Yoli Childs and Jake Tulson. BYU did it the next year.
2: BYU rebuilt Uh, or reloaded rather, and is going dancing, man. Yeah, it's amazing, right? I mean, this team is way different than last year's team, and they're back in the same spot, same opportunity again to make make an NCAA tournament run. It's it's something that Cougar Nation cannot take for granted. I mean, this is awesome stuff that uh, these guys are doing right now. Big win last night. Uh, BYU able
1: to survive a little bit. San Francisco did the same thing it did on the road, which was made this kind of late push to yep. make it interesting. Seven-point game with uh, you know a minute and change. Alex Barcello, we just talked about it in the headlines, but what a performance from him. 29 points, 7 of 7 from 3. Now, some of you were wondering, and Gregor Bell tweeted about this, why didn't his half-court shot at the end of the half count? It, it just doesn't. You're not penalized for that, like, long heave, mm-hmm. uh, I think back in the day you would have been. But uh, may- maybe when you played, who knows. Jerem would have not... counted it. Yeah, I would have been like, and listen, I was seven for eight. I <laughs> um, but what a performance. And Caleb Lohner had a tremendous first half. That that dunk uh, he had near the end of the first half. <laughs> are, so, are you kidding try, me? Try that tried to a...
2: tear the rim off. <laughs> That was a rim rocker.
1: That reminded me of yours against Utah.
2: <laughs> just flying in there, dude. I don't know. It's something about that two-handed power dunk that's just different. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's He's got a certain amount of muscle that makes it unique. So, yes. BYU in a great spot. In fact, let's uh, update the resume here. Net, uh, BYU down in a lot of things. Uh, you you can attribute that to everyone playing last night slash Maybe it's playing San Fran a little bit, although San Fran's no slouch. Down three in the net, but still top 25. Down five in Ken Palm. BYU not as offensive and defensively efficient as they were hoping to be. BPI stays the same. KPI still 16th. Down one, strength of record. I'm seeing all these minus. what? Hey, BYU's still in the top 30. It's all good. Uh, top 25-ish team right now, right? Which uh, Todd Golden said after the game for San Francisco. So tomorrow BYU plays St. Mary's, and uh, that's going to be really important. Bracketology, yeah, Lenardi, 7 seed. CBS Sports, Jerry Palm, 8 seed. Why'd BYU go down again? Uh, team rankings, highest possible seed, 7, but 6 is right there. That's the first time we're talking about a 6. And Bracket Matrix, 7.3. So, how do you feel about where BYU sits in bracketology, Tyler?
2: I right, man, I think it's great. I think coming into the season if you would have said right now we'd be here. I it, it's incredible what they they've been able to do. If if they can beat St. Mary's and and do it pretty pretty well and you know, at least get to the championship game, I don't know why they couldn't be a 6 seed as well. So, I mean Amazing stuff and really excited to to see what they do the next few weeks. I am a little afraid
1: of the Sunday play. Maybe Buy gets knocked down a seed thing that sometimes happens. It's not automatic, but it is a thing that could happen. Um it can't happen like what happened to Bioi when it played Connecticut in the two thousands, right? Oh four I think. Um where Buy slotted into if they win the first two games they'll be in a Sunday region. It's like no. They have automation now. <laughs> but yeah, if, if you had said a year ago, hey, BYU might be like a 7. Mm-hmm. it's like, are you serious? Like, One, right. BYU's going to the tourney? That's yeah. great after losing those guys. So credit to Mark Pope for not only recruiting these guys, but getting them to believe in the system as a team, the best locker room in America. I just noticed great positive body language in the timeouts, the encouragement, the depth, the defense, the engagement. It's all awesome right now. So BYU continues to... Uh, to win, and BYU's only really dropped one game in a long time that you didn't think they would, mm-hmm. Pepperdine. And outside of that, BYU's been pretty awesome, man. Like, What's not going well right now for BYU? Oh, San Francisco made it close to the end. Whatever. That's what they do with BYU. Mm-hmm. If BYU can beat St. Mary's, uh, you know, by by 10-plus, like, it was a 10-point game in Raga. BYU played incredible defense like the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Didn't allow a bucket forever. Um, you know, I, I expect it to be close, but I expect BYU to win on senior night, a weird senior night.
2: Yeah, different senior night for sure, but uh, I expect him to get the job done too. So, I mean, let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, the last five or six games, really, they have been totally locked in. They won five out of the last six. Things are really rolling right now. Um, You feel like we're peaking at the right time? That's what you always play for, right, is... Mm. Who cares if you're great in November and December? You need
1: to be your best going into Vegas. I think this is the best BYU's been playing, um, generally speaking, the last two or three weeks. BYU BYU had a 10-day pause and then went to Pacific and just crushed the Tigers Mm -hmm. after playing a double overtime game at home. And Caleb Lohner has taken the jump. Didn't really score in the second half, but his first half was incredible. Matt Harms is doing his thing. Alex Barcelo arguably had his best game last night. BYU's playing really well in the depth, and the defense. It's all happening. I'm excited because BYU's going to go into Vegas as the two-seed, you would think. We're going to get an update here, if we haven't already, of the adjusted win percentage from the league to ensure that fact, of course. But even if BYU loses to St. Mary's, and you hope they don't, they don't you go into Vegas, get to the title game, now you're in the tourney, win a game, I'm happy. If BYU goes beyond that, I'm stoked.
2: But if BYU goes to the tourney but loses, a little bit disappointed, given the capability of this team. For sure. And I think everyone on that team would be totally disappointed. They, there's an expectation with the coaches and every guy in that locker room to to make a deep NCAA tournament run. And, and everyone's playing with a lot of confidence. You know, we talked about this a little bit. The first half of league you know, BYU didn't shoot the ball great, uh, but they still found a way to win games. And now they they're locked in defensively, and they're shooting the ball amazing from three, and things are clicking on the offensive end. So uh, hopefully, they can ride this momentum, ride this wave, and and continue.
1: We do have the Ken Palmer adjusted winning percentage, which we had Ken Palm on yesterday, and we tried to talk about. What went into it, and, and I still don't know. Uh, Ken did his best. <laughs> Gonzaga, of course, on top. BYU second, and firmly in second. And look at this. For the first time in a couple of weeks, Pepperdine has overtaken St. Mary's. Wow. Uh, for, or, or, or rather, St. Mary's up to three. Pepperdine in four. So it's And it's not close. It's 796 to 590. So BYU could lose tomorrow to St. Mary's and still be the two. So mm-hmm. BYU has essentially uh, locked in that two seed in Vegas, which is great. You get to the semifinal. You don't have to play the playing game or a quarterfinal. You're right to Monday, and so uh, that's going to be awesome. That means BYU does not play next week at all. Mm-hmm. BYU get right to that semi, and you played in that tournament, Tyler. What's the advantage of getting right into the semifinal, just showing up on Monday?
2: Yeah, it's a huge advantage to to have those buys. Um, you know, I think just from a physical standpoint, at this time of the year, bodies are tired, and and. To not have to play, you know, a game is is huge. It's a big advantage.
1: So, would you rather BYU match up in the semifinal with, uh, you know, St. Mary's or anybody else? <laughs> because Pepperdine, if they're the four, and we'll see, it's tight with LMU. They they can match up with Gonzaga in that other semi potentially.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you had to choose, you'd probably pick someone other than St. Mary's. St. Mary's is just a hard matchup. They yeah. slow the game down. It's an ugly game. Like, they play super slow. They don't let it's you... slow ugly to you? Yes. It, it, certain, it, certain I get it. Games, yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's... I don't
1: like it. It's not my preference of watching. Yeah. But it works for them. It's it... like the thing they've got to do to win, I think, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it, it totally works for them. They they want to make you work on the defensive end until the last five seconds of the shot clock. Yeah. And, and they're really good at, at finishing in those last five yeah. seconds. And so those games just, it's hard to get in a rhythm of, of anything. And so, I mean, if you had to pick, you'd probably pick someone else. But um, come on, we, BYU's done really well against St. Mary's this year. And, um, you know, even though it, it was an ugly game, they they found a way to win and and play really well on, on the defensive end. So um, either way, Jerem.
1: Either way. Here's here's how weird this year has been, by the way. BYU will not have played two teams at all in WCC play? Can you name the two? Wow. You San- didn't play two
2: teams. Um, San Diego. Yep. And... You got it. Who else? Santa Clara. Santa Clara, yep. Did Santa not Claire. play either.
1: So wow. we'll see if they match up in the tourney at all. Um, and, by the way, Portland uh, has a COVID pause right now. Mm-hmm. They're contact tracing. We'll see if they're out for the tournament. Because if, if a team has an issue where they have to pause for two weeks, they're out of the tourney right now. Mm-hmm. So th- we'll see if Portland's in the tourney. And and Portland arguably hasn't been in the conference race at all, despite playing. It's been tough for them. They, they fired Terry Porter uh, midseason 0-11. But in Ken Palm's suggested winning percentage, they have point zero zero eight. So they have, they have something.
2: There's something. There's always a chance.
1: Portland got something. That's great. FYI, on the women's side, BYU also solidly in second, essentially locked that up as well. Zags uh, and then BYU. If the Zags lost and BYU won tomorrow, there's a chance that BYU wins the league regular season. But uh, BYU women looks like into the semifinal Monday as well, which Mm -hmm. is exciting. Kara, question of the day. Does BYU look ready for the NCAA tournament? Simple question. Why or why not? Let's hear from you and Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Thomas Gordon on Twitter. You can weigh in on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yes, they really, they've really come together the last five or six games. As long as they stay out of foul trouble, which I believe is what kept the USF game close. And I would argue, what's the point of depth if you can't get into foul trouble? They should do well. The offense is clicking. The defense is good for a majority of the game, which could be improved a bit. Uh, let's quantify the defense. BYU is 36th defensively, according to Ken Palm, 22nd uh, on offense. So things going well. And when you look at St. Mary's, it's a fun matchup because in terms of tempo, 348th. I'm pretty sure that's bottom 5, bottom 10. I don't know how many teams he rates here, if it's 358 or whatever. But yeah, the the contrasting styles will be an interesting matchup. So continue to weigh on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
2: Yeah, coming up, how much damage was done by Caleb Lohner last night on his dunk? We need to ask the uh,
1: facility staff uh, if they're fixing that. And 7'3", big man, senior Matt Harms, joins the program. Big win last night, senior night tomorrow night. We'll talk about it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU
0: Sports Nation is presented by
1: the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number eight, BYU Gymnastics hosts number 21 Utah State tonight. Watch the meet at 9 Eastern. On BYU TV, top 21 matchup. How about that? Cannot wait. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside Tyler Hawes. Our next guest is a man who will play his final game in the Marriott Center as a Cougar tomorrow night. His name is Matt Harms on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. But first, let's rewind to last night, Matt, and welcome to the program. There were fans in the stands, man. What was that like?
4: Man, that was... That was awesome. Like I don't really, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it was such a, a crazy feeling walking in there and just seeing fans. Um, it's just such a special experience. You know, you almost forget what it's like uh, after a year of just nobody in the stands. You know, we've had games with the scorekeepers only fans or people there. So that was just so special.
1: And it, it felt like you guys fed off of that, um, especially uh, you know during a stretch in the second half. There, I, I recall a, a spot in the game as well where. You blocked a shot and then you looked real tired going to the bench at like the under eight and you kinda waved your finger like no 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 Dikembe. Kembe and then when you came out you kinda screamed like all right I gotta get myself some juice. What what was going on in that sequence?
4: Uh man, honestly, I was just I was just going back to like I was really tired actually. Like I walked out of there, I was like, wow. Utah really is tough to breathe. I somehow I've completely forgot how tough to breathe it was here. So I walk <laughs> out there, I was like, "Wow, this is some pretty tough." But I knew we had to go win that game, so I had to get myself some juice, whatever way you know. Being tired is just an excuse, so I just had to fight through it and um, try to kind of use the crowd's energy, you know, trying to use their bench's energy, which is a lot easier, you know, when there's people in the stands. It's a lot easier to kind of regain your energy in that way. For
2: sure, I, I you know I can relate to that, Matt. I mean that's something that's been so interesting to watch this year is not having fans in the stands and not having that energy. But um, hey, want to talk for a few minutes about Alex Barcelo, Caleb Lohner. Obviously Alex had an incredible game last night, uh, seven threes. Can you talk about his leadership and, and then, and Caleb's energy uh, coming in and his, his new role starting.
4: Man, AB was just, Alex was just awesome yesterday night. Uh, you know, he's, the thing is, like, after the game, I wasn't surprised or I wasn't, like, too crazily impressed because I have such high expectations of him because I know what he's able to achieve. You know, I feel like he can do that on any given night. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, oh, my goodness, like, he he's really doing this. I feel like every shot that he takes is going to go in. That's how much confidence I have in him when he shoots the ball. You know, seven for seven to me doesn't seem like all that crazy because I see him put the work in. I see him put the work in every single day after practice. I see him... Get shots up during practice, you know, in live scrimmages, that kind of stuff. So I, I believe in him 100%. You know, when he was shooting, beginning of the season, when he was shooting 60% from three, that didn't seem crazy to uh, me. You know, it's just, I have so much trust in him. So I'm super happy to had a great night, of course, but I, he's going to have many more. And then Caleb Loner, man, he's just been, he's just been freaking unbelievable. You know, just for him to slot into the starting lineup and, you know, start outputting the production that he has been uh, is really special. Uh, I'm really proud of him, you know, just for a freshman to come out. It's crazy. I was actually talking about this with A.B. I was like, you know, in, in any other conference in the country, uh, you probably just pencil him in as freshman of the year. He's got a really tough, you know, he's got a really tough competitor in uh, Jalen Suggs in the WCC. But, man, every other conference he needs to be penciling for the freshman of the year. He's just such a physical presence already, even as a freshman.
1: We should just give him that award. We should just say Jalen Suggs is the name of the award you win. Caleb Bloner has won the Jalen Suggs freshman of the year. I, I say we do this. I think that'd be fair, right? <laughs> okay,
4: riddle me this. Maybe maybe, maybe I didn't consider it.
1: Your roommate's with AB, right? Yes. Is he in, in the apartment right now?
4: I think he is. Uh, I think he's still asleep. I haven't heard any movies.
1: always oh, oh, still asleep. Oh, maybe this would be even better.
2: Everyone's still sleeping there. Here,
1: here's what I yeah, coming off a big win, yeah. let him rest. Here Here's what I was going to ask you to do, but now that I know he's asleep, I was going to have you yell. AB was unbelievable. <laughs> but I don't want to wake him up. We probably shouldn't, right?
4: Yeah, we probably shouldn't okay. he needs his rest.
1: Okay. Uh question, you're 73. Do you have to get a custom bed so your feet don't hang over the
4: edge? No, I have my feet hang over the edge. <laughs> Regardless of what bet I have. It <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's from twins to kings. They don't get longer, they only get wider. Ah, it's very, stinks. it's very disrespectful. So Yeah, that's awful.
1: Do you like have to have your feet covered or are you cool with them just like hanging out there?
4: Uh I just I just have them hanging out. Honestly, it's weird when my feet do fit on a bed. Like I've tried the diagonal thing on a king. Yeah. It just feels weird, especially when my feet are undercover. So it just feels it feels wrong. After years, after <laughs> Probably seven years of my feet hanging off the bed. It's just something that happens now.
1: That's funny, man. Okay, uh, we're talking to Matt Harms. Uh, Obviously, big win against San Francisco. Team Rankings now says, hey, BYU, 100% in the dance. No guarantees, right? But you guys feel pretty comfortable about getting in at this point. It's just about seating. And now you have St. Mary's come in. This this is a big rival in the conference Uh, and senior night. So a lot is going into tomorrow's game. How do you feel about it?
4: Um, you know, I feel really confident, uh, as I've done all year, you know, this team is just special. Um, we get better every single day, um, which is just something you don't see from a lot of teams. You know, it's, um, I was actually looking at, um, kind of how Michigan state's been doing these past couple of games. You know, they've got some really big wins over top five opponents. And I feel like they always do that every single year. And that's always a team to look up to in their way to make progress during the year. Uh, and I feel like we've made similar strides. You know, after each of our losses, we've kind of used those um, in a way that I don't think a lot of teams will be able to use them. You know, we go in, we actually really learn, and then you know, we've kind of had some time after both our losses where we can really reflect, uh, um, Where we can really reflect, uh, specifically referring to our loss against Gonzaga, where we can really reflect on what we need to do better and where we need to really improve as a team. Um, so we've just taken it at the heart, you know, those days after that second Gonzaga loss, we came together as a team really trying to get better. So that's just, I'm super excited. I'm super confident.
2: Yeah, Matt, that's been really impressive to me all year is just this team's ability to stay in the moment, stay locked in game by game and get better. You know, I've played on lots of teams where guys start checking out, especially at this time of the year, you know? guys uh, start going off on tangents and start thinking about next year or what's to come after. How are, how have you guys been able to stay so locked in to, to the moment and, and play each game one by one?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I would credit that 100% to the coaching staff. Uh, you know, just the way they've kept us in there, you know, the way they're keeping us engaged every single day. Uh, that's really important. You know, like you said, there's always guys that, you know um, – Start having those thoughts. Start having issues during, like at the end of the year. That's when you see a lot of teams drop games they shouldn't be. Um, so you know, I think the staff has done such a great job of just keeping us engaged. Coach Poe talks about it every single day um, about being there for this team, being present, and being in the moment. Uh, you know, not a lot of teams get to experience what we're going to experience you now. Going to the NCAA tournament is really special. Uh, so we got to make sure we don't do anything to mess that up because that's a special experience.
1: Matt, uh, I'm not sure what your experience you expected it to be like here at BYU, but it's been a special year, no doubt. Um, how is it compared to what you thought it might be?
4: It's lived up to every single expectation. You know, I'm just super, super excited about the the team is now. You know, I had full confidence that when I came here that we were gonna be an NCAA tournament team. You know, I wasn't gonna come here to lose. Um, so I knew, you know, I knew that when I committed, I was a winning basketball player and I was joining a team full of other winning basketball players. And then, you know, once I uh, once I got on campus, even after that, we added even more winning basketball players. We added Brandon Averett. We added Kid A Al- Kid Al- Loner. So I just knew. I just immediately saw how hard these coaches worked every single day for us. And I just knew we were going to have a winning season. So, you know, my expectations are not met yet because we got to, you know, we got to make a run in this tournament. But um, they're on their way to all being met once if the season keeps going the way it is.
2: So, yeah. Matt, let's talk about that. So, you. You've been on some teams that have gone deep into the NCAA tournament, won really, really big games. Elite eight and Sweet sixteen. Elite eight, Sweet sixteen at, at Purdue. So, how does this team compare? What are some parallels to to this BYU team and, and those BYU or those Purdue teams that you played on?
4: Uh, I would say, you no, know, nothing to discredit this team, but I think this team might not be as talented as some of those some of those mm-hmm. teams. But we're just grittier. You know, we're just really gritty. And we've had games where we just refuse to lose. Um, You know, at Purdue, I was on teams that were just straight up better than everybody else. Uh, And here, I feel like we're just unwilling to lose sometimes. Like, I would, you know, that first road trip we had uh, against San Francisco and St. Mary's, I would look at that as probably the prime example of that. We're down four, six, eight. And then at some point, we just say no. And we just win. We go and win the game just because we're unwilling to lose. We just want to do everything to get that win. Um, You know, I've been on some great teams at Purdue. Uh, Teams that were built extremely differently year to year. Um, But just this, just grit and toughness is not something you see a whole lot. Um, But it's something that you do see on winning teams.
1: And when you talk about the dynamic of this team, it's interesting because it's BYU's best defensive team since 2008, uh, according to Ken Palm, and then the fact that BYU is 10 deep right now is pretty incredible. So how do those favor BYU in terms of a matchup in the NCAA tournament and the ability to win that first game? Because BYU traditionally has gone into the tourney, and uh, it's typically been chalk, and right now this team's probably in like an 8-9 game, hopefully up to like a 7-10, but uh, Defensively and with the depth, how does that how does that give an advantage to BYU perhaps in a game like that?
4: Uh, You know, once you get to the tournament, anything can happen. Uh, You know, I've I've been in crazy games as the as the five against the twelve or the the four against the thirteen. So anything can happen once you get to the tournament. But I believe in this team. You know, like going as deep as we do is not something you see a lot. Just being able to bring guy after guy off the bench that can actually really contribute. Um, You know, I don't think any team is bringing guys off the bench at a quality than we are. Um, so that's something that's really going to be good for this team going into March. You know, it's tough to prepare for 10 guys coming out there. Um, so I really believe that is going to be a huge credit to this team. It's going to be really important for us going forward. You know, to see that every, uh, every game, our bench outscores their bench and has more, and just plays harder than their bench. I think that's really important. And it's something we've seen all year. And if that continues, I think we have a great shot in March.
2: Matt, so your your journey, your basketball journey, is so interesting to me. You've you've been all over the world, uh, been a part of a really good club in Spain, um, come to Purdue, you know, come to BYU. Tomorrow's senior night. Um, you it seems like you've come into into Provo, embraced BYU, embraced the culture here. Uh, what what does BYU mean to you in, in your basketball journey?
4: Well, I mean, it just kinda of meant an opportunity for me. You know, when I was when I was down last year and I was I just felt like I was really struggling and I just needed somewhere new to go. BYU was an opportunity for me and it became just some a place that has embraced me more than I have embraced it. You know, just the people here have been so welcoming to me and so special that, you know, I was in a I was in a in a bad place mentally last year when I was transferred. You know, it's a really it was a really tough decision to make. Uh but now coming here is just Every single day, I've been happier than the previous one. You know, just the people who have been amazing. That everyone associated with the basketball program has been just simply just awesome. Um, There's nothing more I could have asked for. You know, I'm so happy to be here. Tomorrow's going to be an emotional night for me, you know, because this is a place that when I was at my lowest, I came here and they picked me up and raised me up and um, allowed me to be a part of a special team. So I'm just extremely grateful for that. Well, it's
1: been awesome to have you on the team, and certainly there's some big uh, wins to be had, including tomorrow night against uh, St. Mary's. So congratulations on the season so far. Enjoy tomorrow night with uh, about 2,000 fans in the stands. And, uh, Matt, we appreciate the time, man.
4: Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me.
1: Okay, that was Matt Harms, whose feet always dangle off the edge of the bed on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He's, listen, BYU's not in this position without him. They just aren't. Mm. The way that he helps defend the rim the way that he brings energy, um, the way that he affects, obviously, shots. I mean, it's it's been awesome to have Matt Harms on this team. And you look at what happened last year, and then for BYU to be right back in that situation, almost equal, by the way, right. to last year's
2: team. I would right. say it's, it's close. It's pretty impressive, and Matt Harms is a huge part of that. Uh, uh, he's been such a big part of this team. It just you know, on the floor aside, in the locker room, Matt's a guy that has embraced his his leadership role and really mentored these young guys, and I mean, the way that he plays uh, just bleeds over into all of the other guys, and so it's been such a big part of the program.
1: Senior night, tomorrow night, coming up, BYU and St. Mary's.
2: Coming up, uh, we talked to a friend of the show, Alex Jensen, to get the latest from St. Mary's. Okay, it's on. BYU and St. Mary's, let's go. And do we like more 11
1: on 11 this spring for Cougar football to help determine a starting quarterback? It's what they're doing. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
1: BYU hosts St. Mary's tomorrow night, regular season finale, senior night. Get ready for the game with Cougar pregame live from Ben Bagley's house going to be awesome. Coming up tomorrow night. And I believe it's at uh, 9 Eastern, right? On the uh, BYU radio. Let's go. He is Tyler. I'm Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cook Whip Ramp presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem.
2: With 310 left in the first half, Spencer Johnson got a steal, which led to this Caleb Lohner throwdown
3: by Spencer Johnson.
1: Great job by Spencer. Spencer drives. Reveney hands off. There it is.
0: And the two-hand hammer. Caleb Loner throws it down. The Proofers up five.
2: Was that an an honor code violation? Yes, yes. I think that Caleb
1: Loner committed a crime last night, and it was violence against the rim. It was funny to see the San Francisco bench kind of go, hey, man. I love it, and you, you can appreciate this. I love when a person, when you're playing ball, points out something that wasn't their defense against you. Like, hey, two-pointer, your foot was on the line. It's like, I made the shot.
2: <laughs> I, hey, I love it, too. Hang on the rim
1: as long as yes. you're on, Caleb. Come yes, on. I wish you would have got a T. Then it would have let the crowd react exactly. longer.
2: Okay, do you like the idea of BYU football doing more 11-on-11 live action in spring ball? I do. I I think, especially with a, a quarterback competition like they have this year, you're going to need some more of that. We got to we got to get reps, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens.
1: How many touchdowns would you catch from Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, or Jacob Conover? Oh, you, I, you played varsity
2: as a sophomore? Yeah. Hey, fade route, post route, like <laughs> Let's throw go. it up to me. Let's go. I, I'm saying at least ten. At Maybe least 10. ten. You're the yep. Isaac Rex. Yep. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, BYU women's trail team trailed in the third quarter by 18 points before coming from behind and beating Santa Clara 66-63. Was there ever a doubt?
1: Yes. When you're down 18 in the third, there's a doubt. <laughs> uh, but BYU pulled it out, which is awesome. So nice job by the ladies to keep a
2: potentially bad loss off the resume. For sure. Yeah, I, I think awesome win. And at this point in the year, it's win and keep going.
1: Okay, and bigger deal. BYU men's volleyball getting swept by Grand Canyon. What?! Or the longest set in NCAA history in set two?
2: Uh, I'm going to say getting swept. Yeah, you can't get swept. Uh, BYU's volleyball team's a lot better than that. And, you know, we talked about this. It, it, they've had some close matches, and this has kind of been coming. We've seen it coming, but, yeah, you can't get swept.
1: I thought Grand Canyon might take one of the two. So I'm not shocked per se. Because BYU showed it's a little wonderful. It's the longest set, baby. NCAA history, longest set. 45-43. So, uh, you know, just just an insane amount of points. 88 on that. And that uh, breaks the previous record of 86. Yeah. So, BYU played a 44-42 in 2003 in the NCAA championship game. Hmm.
2: And that's insane as well. Okay, what's coming up? Coming up, I, I get to pick for Spencer today in prop pick. So... Term. I can be persuaded a oh, little bit. If uh, it, if to
1: tank? Okay. In front of me of the program, Alex Jensen will join us. BYU and St. Mary's coming up tomorrow. We'll chat with him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number 21 women's soccer hosts San Francisco tomorrow, 7 Eastern. You can watch it on BYU TV. Listen on. It's Radio 107.9 FM or the BYU Cougars app. Spencer and Carla on TV. I'll be on the radio. Hang out. I'm the, I'm the third-screen guy. Let's go. <laughs> You're in the game. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Great to have you. I'm Jordan Tyler Haas. And our next guest is a friend of the program. Listen, he might be the only friend from St. Mary's we have because there's a fun rivalry there, right? But Alex Jensen on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline joins us. Alex, what's going on, man?
3: Hey guys, how are you? I'm everything's good. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I can't believe this season's almost over already. I mean, I, in some ways, mercifully, right? Oh, you got yours. I got mine too. Well, we're, good. <laughs> we're all
1: set. There we go. We got the deli gnome out here. We'll do it for this segment only. Um, so we played it earlier in the show, but we got to play it for you. We have rewritten history. The Dell of a Dagger does not exist anymore on the BYU record book. This is what it looked and sounded like. Pause. Guarded by Holt.
0: Tyler Hawes, 2.5 on the clock, Della Vadova
1: for the win! Misses it, it is is. indeed
2: over, and here come the
1: fans, they are storming the floor at the Marriott Center! So sorry, (laughs) sorry
2: not sorry, Delhi was so close there man, so close. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's funny the the benches switched so quickly from one side to the other uh you know <laughs> and there was a court
1: storming I know they put kind of pushed your booth back a little bit it was a little sketchy there for a minute but uh yeah glad to have that happen scary trust me it was scary trust yeah, me, it it was, was scary. yeah was by the scary. way
3: Tyler that that was a tough shot man I mean you had a hold on you um do what do you remember about that play just from from your perspective like just your shot particularly because I thought the game was over when you hit that.
2: Yeah. So I, the play before I went baseline and hit a shot going baseline. So I think he thought I was going, going that way again. And the the middle opened up and I, I didn't mean to, to go off one foot and somehow, somehow I got it in there, but it, it, it's forgotten. It's a sore memory, Alex. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, now it's a good memory. <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, we've that's re- right. We've rewritten <laughs> there it. There you go. Yeah. We can both remember it how we want. The record book will not lie. Yes. There we go.
1: And don't let like the that. truth get in the way of a good story, right? Okay, so yeah, exactly, obviously right. St. Mary's and BYU. By the way, St. Mary's moving up to three in adjusted winning percentage. Did you, did you see this happening where, okay, at some point St. Mary's going to overtake Pepperdine and be the three? right now because uh, it, it looks like you guys could be the three in Vegas. We'll, we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow.
3: I thought if St. Mary's won their last three games, then they would have a really good shot to be three. Uh, the game, I, you know, I, I really could, no one could tell you the exact algorithm. I know you guys had Ken Palm on uh, yesterday, but uh, you know, St. Mary's play, it has the number one, the toughest strength of schedule in the league in, in West coast conference play. They played Gonzaga twice. They'll have played BYU play twice. They've played Pepperdine twice their one game against LMU was on the road um so i i really thought if they won these last three games you know beat pepperdine beat pacific last night and then beat BYU um that they they'd end up in third place i'm surprised it happened before um before tomorrow's game but i was watching that uh, LMU pepperdine game like a hawk i'll tell you that much
2: so alex you know you mentioned this it feels like St. Mary's and BYU are playing really, really well at this time of the year, um, won the majority of their, their previous games. How is this matchup and St. Mary's, how are they different from the last time they fa- these two teams faced off?
3: It seems like both teams are a little different, right? But St. Mary's has had such a herky-jerky stop-and-start last couple of months. I mean, um, I'll give you some numbers here, guys. Uh, this is this is an offense that that looked pretty good over the first couple of months back in December. They lose Alex Dukas, they lose Lemon Bachler, who are probably their two best shooters. Since December fifteenth, this team hasn't scored more than sixty-seven points. Okay, mm-hmm. now so their rotation ch- has changed since then. Uh, then they you know they they play Santa Clara, BYU, Gonzaga at home, and lose all three, obviously. But then they go on the road and beat LMU and USF, so they're picking up some momentum. I felt like you know for a team that. And, and Tyler, you know, I mean, when, when you go into a new year, having a new role, um, you know, it, with a different group of guys, a younger group of guys especially, that can take some time. So, you know, it was a, it was like that to begin with when you lose Jordan, Jordan Ford and Malik Fitz. Then you have a couple injuries, roles shift again. And then I thought St. Mary's just starting to pick up some momentum, beating LMU and USF on the road, and then they don't play for three weeks, right? So I, I think they may have found something now, playing Kyle Bowen and Dan Fotu on the floor at the same time a lot. Uh, They're a really good defensive team. I mentioned their offensive numbers, but only one team has scored more than 66 points against the Gales in conference play. That's Gonzaga twice, right? So they may have found something with Judah Brown out there that can space the floor a little bit. Uh, That's been the issue, right? I mean, they've been creating good shots. I think, I think they've had good looks, but they, you know, they just haven't shot the ball very well in league play. Some of that has to do with who's out there. Some of it has to do with the changing roles, Uh, but I think the to answer your question, I think the rotation is starting to tighten a little bit. I think Randy Bennett's finding, you know, seven, eight, maybe nine guys that he can really count on. Some of those are freshmen, so that's why there's been some inconsistencies. Uh, But I think that the roles are starting to get solidified.
1: And BYU, when I hear BYU and St. Mary's, I think, oh, this is going to be a big game. Like no matter what, Um, you know, BYU ends up winning by ten in Moraga, but it was closer than that. St. Mary's couldn't make a shot for like a ten minute spell. It was it was crazy, right? And four of the previous five were decided by five or less. The last eight games have been split. Every other team has won the last eight. So what do you expect tomorrow night?
3: I think it'll be close, man. I mean, this team, St. Mary's does not know how to play a game that's not close unless they're playing with one team in the country. (laughs) I mean, you know, last night was their first double-digit win since before Christmas. Or since before the New Year, actually. They beat Sacramento State the day before New Year's Eve. Uh, but, again, because because of their defense, and if you watch that game back in Moraga, it's a similar defensive club, St. Mary's. You know, they have two quali- very quality bigs. Uh, they, they're big, they're, they're long, which means that they can match up with BYU like few other teams can in the league. Um, but, yeah, I expect it to be close, man. I mean, you mentioned the game in Moraga, right? I mean, that was not a 10-point game. That was a nip-and-tuck game the whole way through. Um, you know, and, and St. Mary's really got bit by what's plagued them all season long, especially during the conference. I mean, they didn't score for like six minutes, seven minutes, right? It's hard to win the game that way. So I think they've gotten better there. And, you know, going back to, to your point, Tyler, I think that the Gales have changed a little bit since these two teams played. But, yeah, I, I think this will be a close game, man. I, BYU's a different team, too. BYU is, is a better team, I think, than when the Gales saw them in Moraga. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, th- how the X's and O's work themselves out. So,
2: Alex, I'm always impressed with um, just how well-disciplined St. Mary's is on both ends of the floor. Randy Bennett has them locked in on both sides. Uh, It seems like St. Mary's is always able to control the pace of the game. BYU, you know, in in the past has wanted to push the tempo, play faster, and St. Mary's Mm -hmm. slows it down. It's really methodical. But they always get the really, really good shots. You talked about – uh, earlier, their ability to create good shots at this point of the year. Um, can you talk a little bit about why that is? How are they able to control the pace of the game so well?
3: That's a great. Well, first of all, you know, I, I think that um, every time I'm in practice, man, transition. To what we do a, a key, to, our keys to the game. Every game, we get you know, associate head coach Marcus Schroeder gives me three keys to the game, and two of them are always. Take care of the ball and transition defense, which kind of go hand in hand, as you know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So first of all, I think ever since I've been at St. Mary's, my ninth year now at the Gales, they've been one of the tops in the country in in turnovers per game. I mean, they're always right around, you know, between 10, 12, maybe, probably not even 13, but 10, 11, 12 turnovers per game. So I think that helps them, right? And a lot of those are not, they don't make many live ball turnovers, right? As you know, Uh, so they don't give you a chance to run out. Um, so I think that's part of it. And the other part is, I, I hear Randy Bennett say it time and time again, build a wall in transition. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just think that the Gales are able to, to get back on defense. And they, I mean, you, you mentioned how methodical they are. They make you guard for, you know, 20, 25, 27 seconds every time down. I mean, you, you tell me, like, how much does that, how, how draining is that? Like having to guard for that many seconds every time down the floor.
2: Yeah, so draining. Yeah, it was so frustrating yeah. to play against, and and so tiring, especially getting towards the end of the game. They just make it, you, the Gales make you work for
3: everything. And Alex, right? Uh, right. So, oh sorry, yeah, sorry, Jeremy. I was just going to say, no, you know, please. You mentioned it, Tyler. It um, it, it kind of always comes down to a battle of tempo. And I know BYU's playing a little bit slower over the last month or so. Um, and Mark Post done a great job with that. And uh, but it, it always kind of comes down to that battle, right? Probably not. So much to that extent this season, mm-hmm. um, but that's that always kind of seems to be the case. Who's going to control the tempo, and that seems to be the team that normally has the upper hand.
1: And I know you're calling remotely this year, but uh, the fact that BYU is wearing more mouthpieces may make you guys more comfortable. So just, <laughs> I got my own <laughs> feel right too. at home. Yeah, You're right here.
3: Oh wow, look at Brad, that,
1: Brad Waldo. You know what I'm saying,
3: Brad Waldo? <laughs> did that have the fangs? <laughs> yeah, it Oh did. come on, man, that's I, not cool.
1: I threw it like <laughs> Brad Waldo threw it. You don't remember that?
3: Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. As soon as he did that, I was like, "Oh, here comes a tee." I mean, he was he yeah. was frustrated, obviously. Yeah,
1: and but. here comes me washing that for a long time as well. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, well, maybe you don't want to wear it again. I probably won't. Alex, <laughs> always good to see you, man. Uh, congrats on the uh, the win the last couple of days. St. Mary's climbing up to that three seed, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll duke it out tomorrow night. Let's go, man.
3: Guys, thanks a lot. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow night. I think it'll be a good one. Thanks for having me.
1: Awesome, thanks, thanks Alex. Always good to talk to Alex Jensen, our friend of me on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show
2: how. What's coming up, T? Coming up, a helping hand gets today's rise and shout out. And prop picks: which of us dominated last night, and who got worked? This is
1: BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation
0: is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rising and Shout Out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union.
1: Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio
2: apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Splash through the rim. Nice.
1: Time for prop picks. The San Francisco recap and the picks for tomorrow against St. Mary's presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Number one, who will score BYU's 15th point of the game? I had Gideon George Blaine for Spencer, said Alex Barcelo. We both lost. It was Connor Harding scored the 15th point. These are very proppy. Number two, who will lead BYU in scoring? A little simpler. I went aggressive with Richard Harward who had a nice game at San Francisco. Blaine picked Alex Barcelo. Let's just say Blaine won convincingly. Number three, how many points will BYU hold? Khalil Shabazz, two. Blaine gets the point here. Shabazz only had 12. He picked 15. I said 17. I needed another garbage three or two going they did not. it was close to so I'm down 2-0 I'm probably going to lose but let's pick anyway number one at what point will St.
2: Mary's score its 25th point Tyler I'm saying with two minutes left in the half I, I think it'll be a slow slow first half I go four just a little earlier so it's closer to the
1: pin so we'll see uh, how that goes Number two, which BYU player will make BYU's third three-point shot? These are getting more, more random. <laughs> Spencer Johnson for me. Oh, okay. Yep. i go Caleb Lohner. I just think he's on okay. fire from three right now. He's feeling and it. And number now. three, which, B, which of the BYU three seniors
2: will shoot the highest field goal? Percentage? Alex Barcelo. Oh. For sure. He carries it over? Yep. He, he's in a rhythm right now. He's in the flow. He'll do it again tomorrow uh, to night. Matty
1: Hobbs. That's who I'm going with. Our question of the day. Does BYU look ready for the NCAA tournament? Why or why not? Our Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. A lot of fresh powder up there now. At BYU Spud Bud, absolutely. They are firing clean on all 10 cylinders. They're peaking at the perfect time. right? We
2: talked about that earlier. BYU's playing great ball at the right time, man. Yep. This is, this is exactly where the position they want to be in. and feel like they're locked in defensively, and they're shooting the ball so well right now. It's so fun. Keep it going. Today's Rise and Shout Up was presented by Mountain
1: America Credit Union, guiding you forward. And we give it to Mountain America Credit Union, who's donated $50 for every BYU three-pointer to the American Red Cross this season. That's a lot of threes. Uh, Mountain America Credit Union CEO Sterling Nielsen was presented with, uh, or presented the check of $11,500 to the American Red Cross Chief Development Officer Adam Whitaker yesterday. That is awesome. That's a ton of dough for a lot of threes. That's fantastic. Our thanks to today's guests, Matt Harms and Alex Jensen.
2: Sorry to Dennis Pitta, arch rival. We ran out of time. The conversation <laughs> continues on Instagram, Facebook. Use the hashtag @beeriesportsnation.
1: For Tyler, I'm Jerem. See you tonight for Gymnastics 9 Eastern. Go Cougs!